talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. To, there we go. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. How is everyone today? Great. Good. Good. Well, welcome to Fight Club for Business. We're the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, systems, and culture. We're a team of self employed industry experts, and we get to be joined by a power couple this week, Fred and Christine Hodge. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thanks Thank for you having for me. having us. It's an honor. Absolutely. We're excited. It's going to be really fun to talk to you guys about your different areas within the business. So do you guys just mind giving us a brief rundown of you guys can do it individually, you can do it together. It always is different every time we have a couple on how they want to do it. So just kind of a brief introduction to our listeners of who you are in your business, please. Ready? you take the lead. Ladies first, ladies first. Okay. Uh, my name is Christine Hodge. Me and Freddie um, have been married for about six, six years. Is it six years? 2016, so it's going on seven years. Yep. Seven years almost. And um, and he started the company. I joined um, in the office, I would say, about five years ago. Um, and then I worked my way up. I'm now the CEO of the company, and I handle most of the um, operations, the behind the scenes, the finances, um, and kind of like our processes and things of that nature. And uh, my name is Fred Hodge, Jr., um, I'm president and one of the co-founders of the business. Me and my dad started the business because someone was supposed to show up to our parent, my parents' house back in 2004 for $350 to clean the windows. The guy didn't show up. He didn't call. He didn't anything. And I was in entrepreneurship down at Rowan University. And we were like, you know what? Let's start a window cleaning company. And kind of one thing led to another. And then people started asking for additional services. And here we are starting our 19th season yesterday. And uh, uh, my specialties are really um, are in marketing and lead generation. And then also company culture and hiring. And that's kind of how uh, we kind of break everything down. Oh, awesome. This is going to be a good split, guys. We have like all of our faves. And we're going to have to sneak in a conversation at the end because I know that's something too, Fred, you're really good at. Um, so we'll have to sneak maybe a couple questions in for Martha about that because she's going to be pretty upset she missed this one. But thank you so much for joining us, guys. My name is Taylor Maroney. I co-own a power washing company with my husband in South Florida. And my background's in marketing. That's what I know and love. Really help allowing business owners to not only know the numbers behind marketing, but make better decisions based upon that. So it's a way for them to really make you know, build the plans and make the budgets moving forward for that marketing campaign. So super excited to have you guys with us and welcome back to Fight Club. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, and I'm Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online, where I educate and empower small business owners to learn their numbers and know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. Uh, I met Fred and Christine at ResponsaCon a couple of years ago. So uh, happy friend anniversary in January when we met. Um, I also have a full service accounting firm called Likes Accounting Company and a window cleaning company. Uh, I'm also the CEO of our window cleaning company, Christine. So that's a fun Yay. thing we have in common. Uh, our window cleaning company, Jeff Likes Clean Windows and Gutters and uh, Service Ally, a recurring revenue system for your business and a couple other fun things. So super happy to be back. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Uh, and welcome to Phil and Amy. They're in the comments. Hi, Phil and Amy. Ooh, hey. 
Hey, Fred and Christine, I'm Michelle Myers, co-owner of Pink Collars. So if you want to outsource all of those difficult customer service tasks, phones and emails and chat and LinkedIn and all the stuff, we can absolutely help you with that. I am part of a power couple, maybe, sort of, kind of. My husband and I own a, a floor coatings company called Wise Coatings, and he's actually going to hang out with Megan and Martha this week at BBV. I miss him, but uh, <laughs> he's there in Nashville. And uh, a fellow jobber speakers, I watched your session. Uh, Christina, it was awesome. Sorry, Freddie, I didn't watch yours. But Christina, I'm always geeking out when other women are speaking because I think there's got to be more ladies on the stage. Um, so welcome, welcome to Fight Club, both of you. I'm happy to meet you both. Thank you. Awesome. So I get to steal y'all first. And since it is marketing, um, I have a feeling it's probably based upon your guys' intros, it's going to fall a little more in Fred's category. Um, so Christine, feel free to input and jump in whenever you want as well. Um, but... What I do want to talk about is a little bit of lead generation, but lead generation through your brand story. So it's really awesome looking at your guys' website, your social. You know who you are as a company. You know what you represent. And you really do give the, the community and the people in your community just that sense of just connection and safety in a sense to know that who they're working with is who they trust. And who they want to work with moving forward and continue working with for years to come. So how has that been developing over the years? Cause I know it doesn't happen overnight and it's something that does play into lead generation later on, later on in the you know marketing story. But how did that kind of start for you, Fred? I know you said in the beginning, it was you had someone that was showing up, they didn't show up and you guys said, you know what, let's do it. But how did you start to play that story throughout the rest of your brand? So we kind of took it one step at a time and like kind of evolved as a company because we started off as a window cleaning company and then people started asking us for other services. And then obviously this is all pre social media. So like in 2004, I think one of our first marketing things was like an ad in the newspaper and even the yellow book and like some stuff that I cringe about now. But back then, that's kind of what you did. Um, and then when social media became more relevant, it was more like in place. It was a lot of fun to kind of create our personal brand and make it our own and kind of have fun with it. And I love just kind of doing that behind the scenes. And Christine does helps me with that, too. And it ties into the marketing, too, because she'll she keeps me at that five to maybe six percent in terms of the marketing. And she's always kind of saying good. <laughs> but when it goes to the social, I just love kind of um, doing it across all the platforms. And the biggest one for me in the recent years has been LinkedIn. LinkedIn's really been huge for us, too, because I used to look at it as like white collar trading resumes, looking for your next 40 hour work week type of deal. But I was so wrong about that. And it was such a great opportunity to kind of step in, <laughs> find property and facility managers, grounds and maintenance, real estate agents, other business owners, and really kind of connect with them and kind of show them our brand. Um, but Facebook is great. Obviously, Google, Christine's running the Instagram portion of it. And just the co combined forces, kind of showing everyone a little bit behind the scenes peek, because you don't want every post to be selling, selling, selling. Like, that, that, mm -hmm. no, no one enjoys that. So we kind of like kind of keep it fresh. <laughs> right now, we're kind of showing people that there's different um, St. Patrick's Day parade options going on locally in New Jersey or um, different stuff that's kind of happening. Um, and we kind of keep it fresh with that. And I, I kind of enjoy that. And people always ask me, like, oh, who do you guys use for that? I'm like, that's one of the things I've given out all the hats over the years. So when we started <laughs> the company, I wore every hat there was. And I've slowly methodically given them all out. But I've kept the ones that I enjoy. And the marketing aspect is one of the ones I enjoy and the lead generation to kind of pulling the strings behind the scenes to see what works and what doesn't. Because at the end of the day, I look at it. I was 
me and my dad were always looking for like that unicorn, like that one thing that's going to bring all the leads in and it's going to change our lives forever. And like, after we're in the business for 19 years, that unicorn doesn't exist. So it's kind of like making sure it's almost like a diversified portfolio. I want to have a drips and drabs coming from all different areas so that when maybe, maybe residentially it slows down during different parts of the year, but I want to keep the commercial in line and kind of across the board, kind of keeping everything balanced. And we found a lot of success doing that. Oh, I love this. Okay. So there's a couple of things that you touched on that I do want to kind of circle back to and remind the listeners about before we go a little bit deeper into LinkedIn, because I think this is a really awesome lead generation tactic that you guys use that more business owners need to hear about and need to hear about it today. So first thing I want to touch on is you're not just doing one area of marketing, right? We have multiple channels, as Fred mentioned, that he's using for the company and really making sure that they put the personal touch of the brand in each one of those channels. So that's the number one thing I wanted to touch on. Number two is you're bringing the community in. We're talking about St. Patrick's Day parades, but you're a window cleaning company. I love it. It's fantastic. That's what you need to be doing to connect with your community. They wanna be able to work with business owners that understand where they live, the community they're within, and how they can better serve them. So by bringing in those type of events, even if it's just one that we did was like finding you know, $10 and under family events in our community that mm-hmm. people could do on the weekends and adding that to every Friday. So that way we can be able to make sure that we're incorporating those families and they have a way to spend time with their kids on the weekend. Those are easy ways you can search within your community events to find ways to be connected with your community. Now, when we are talking about LinkedIn, this is so important. I know Fred, you talk about it a lot. I hear you on my husband's conquer call quite often (laughs) talking about LinkedIn and I love it. So, I'm letting him take the reins on it. So if he's not doing his homework, we'll have to talk about that after the show. But (laughs) how do you get started? Where do we even begin? Because LinkedIn can be very scary. As you said, you as a business owner, as a blue collar business owner, you thought it was all, you know, suits and ties and white collar. And no one wants to talk to me if I'm a blue collar business owner trying to promote my services. So how did you initially break through that barrier and gain that confidence to be within that social platform? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it was January of 2021. So it was a little over two years ago. And me and my commercial sales uh, uh, manager were sitting down and we were like, all right, let's commit to LinkedIn, both of us. And what we were going to do is like we said, let's build a company page. And I think it's important to make sure you have your personal page, but also your company page. And then we decided that, listen, let's get 2,000 followers on the company page within two years. We made a goal. So we're very big. Christine's big on the vision board for the whole company. We did our own, our own little mini vision board for LinkedIn. And we said we oh, want to have 2,000 um, followers within two years. And we were happy that in at the end of last year, I think it was September, we hit that 2,000 mark. So we were proud we hit that. But the purpose of what I'm saying is we built the company page and the personal page. And what and the process was to connect with everyone we possibly could that we could possibly do work with. So we wanted to do that personal connection first. And then once we had that personal connection, now we invite them to follow our company page. And it's important to kind of tie the two together because LinkedIn's different than some of the other social media platforms. Like, like uh, Facebook, you can invite your entire friends list to like, uh, to like your uh, company page. You can't do that with LinkedIn. They give you a certain amount of credits. You don't pay for these credits, but it's like, uh, it's like basically an allowance of how many people you can invite each month mm-hmm. of the year. So it started off that we were allowed 100 people. And then as we've grown the company, now they allow us 250 per month. And it's important that we were basically getting these people to follow our, our the company page because we want them to see this fresh content that we're putting out there and get in front of them. 
and we would go on and do searches all the time. I, I would sit there late at night, like after we put the kids to bed, I'd go downstairs for like an hour and watch the New York Yankees in my glory. But I'd sit there kind of on LinkedIn and spend a lot of my free time at night, not, not even during my working hours. But I was just sitting there trying to connect with property and facility managers, portfolio managers, regional managers, grounds and maintenance, um, uh, anything that we can possibly do work with. And then once I established that, then we use those credits to kind of get them to follow the page. And I, I take a lot of our posts and I kind of do it across all the platforms. So if it goes on the, the uh, Clearview Facebook page, I also put it on the LinkedIn and then I put it in my Google My Business. And then Christine throws it on Instagram a lot of times too. Um, but I also keep LinkedIn where there's personal stuff. So like even like the Fight Club, I did an announcement on the LinkedIn, my personal one. And then I kind of crossed ties between both of them. And I also started following all the companies I want to do work with in New Jersey. So they're doing different posts and they're, they're, and I want to engage in that. I want to comment. I want to like, I want them to see what's going on. I want to, I want to uh, congratulate people on new careers and new jobs that they're taking. And, and I want them to think of us first when the time comes that their community or uh, whatever they're, they're managing, they need some cleaning. I want them to think of Clearview and Fred and Christine Hodge and really kind of take to that next level. So if you're just starting off on LinkedIn, it's important to just start building up your, your connections um, personally and also make sure you have your company page and then just start doing some posts and follows and kind of it will build some momentum from there. Because the first year we didn't see much, but last year I started like aside from like if you go on LinkedIn, you're going to get those insurance people and financial planners, <laughs> all these people that are kind of spamming you trying to gain business with you. Um, we basically now start to get people that are requesting estimates and bids and, and people are actually promoting it that way. Um, we actually started doing some LinkedIn ads last year. I didn't even know that was available. And I sat down with my marketing guy and I'm like, what more can we do with LinkedIn? He's like, we can run some LinkedIn ads now. So I started doing some LinkedIn ads. Um, I also highly encourage anyone that's getting onto LinkedIn um, for the first time in a while or creating it now to take, a, a take um, the premium version. They'll give it to you for one month. Use it for free. I'm not telling anyone to keep premium forever. I don't know. I did it for like six months, like a couple of years ago, and it kind of lost some of its benefits after a few months. So I kind of cut that off. But that first month, you could use it as a stage to kind of build up your connections. It, I basically got put in LinkedIn jail a few times because they thought I was a bot because I was connecting with too many people outside of my network. So like I had to wait for hours until I was allowed back on LinkedIn. And like that was like a proud stamp of approval. I came in and I was like, yeah, I was like, I got kicked off LinkedIn for another 24 hours. I was hustling. So, uh, I, He's I, such a rebel. Social media jail is a real thing. So I love it. Please be aware that this can happen on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I love it. Can it can happen anywhere. But I just want to pause you real quick, Fred, because something you said really stuck out to me. Not only can you see your passion for this, number one. So if you are a business owner who's listening right now and this is scaring the living daylights out of you, that's okay. We do still recommend you get a personal page so that way you can start to slowly build this and then maybe potentially hand that off to a VA or hand that off to someone mm -hmm. who does love that. That is, that's the one thing when it, when Fred was talking earlier about handing off hats to other people in the business, he wanted to keep this one. So it's important to notate that. And you can hear that in his passion as he's talking about LinkedIn. Now only I, I'm running out of time. So I just want to ask one last question. And that is when you are making these personal connections, how are we doing it? Like, what's the structure? Because I know that's the other thing that people get scared about is, okay, so I've got my personal, I've got my business page, I'm posting on my business and my personal, but how do I start this conversation with someone? I have no idea who they are. So there's multiple ways to do it. Uh, do it and 
there's no necessarily right or wrong. A lot of people, when they try to connect, they, they spend the extra time and they send it like a personal message, which you can do. I don't personally do that. I, I, I personally, I'm like, connect, 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 connect. And I go down the line and anyone that I want to do business with, I just hit the connect button because I don't necessarily want to take the time to do the message and do that whole thing. But obviously I think you might even get better results even doing it that way. Just being in the game long enough and doing those connections. Now all of a sudden you get the credibility when they see how many mutual friends you have with those people too. So initially people might be like, who is this person? But now all of a sudden when they see we have 560 mutual connections, there, there's a lot more trust factor going on now. Right. You're not a you're not a crazy bot who's in you know LinkedIn jail at the moment because you've made too many connections. You're a real person. And we exactly. Have and and it's like any other profile too. You want to make sure you have a nice crisp um, uh, a headshot photo, a professional photo. It's good to have that nice background. And then I think the title is like, a, like a extremely important because people need to see quick and easy. What do you do? And what are you trying to do? And are you trying to sell me something? Or what do, what's trying to happen here so they can identify exactly who you are and, and where you're coming from. And I think that's really important as well. I want to chime in on a few things. Absolutely. So one of them is our company, we don't take an aggressive sales approach. So like the reason we went on to LinkedIn is because our goal two years ago was to change from being majority residential to majority commercial because that's where our margins were higher. So that's why we did LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is not going to get residential customers for the most part. So that's a key takeaway. Another thing is a different audience wanted like different people want to deal with different people. So there are people on LinkedIn who like my feed and my feed is, you know, women in business in a male dominated industry, um, good leadership, respecting your employees, a little bit of public speaking. I don't, I'm not, I don't, I personally do not enjoy sales and I don't like being in the forefront. I like working behind the scenes with blinders on, but I put myself out there because I know that there's a special audience and I'm going to get my own bids that I would pass off. But there are people who like my feed. So while I'm not messaging anyone on LinkedIn, I'm getting bid requests. Freddie and then Jose is our commercial sales rep. There are people who know Jose from LinkedIn. So we're getting a lot of bid requests through him and they like dealing with him. So me and Freddie have an understanding that there are certain people who want to deal with, there are certain people who only want to deal with Freddie's dad. We think it's an age thing. They trust him more. It looks like he's been in the industry longer, even though Freddie's been in it for just as long. So we respect the fact that there's a difference. There's a different client that wants to speak to each one of us individually. And then we mm -hmm. kind of like pass it off to sales once we get the bid. But we're not salesy on LinkedIn. I absolutely love this. <laughs> you guys know your customer avatars, right? You guys know exactly who needs to talk to who during that sales process. I joke about this all the time and you guys will probably get a kick out of it. I will not take a client who's from New York or New Jersey. I won't. Like <laughs> I've said this multiple times on the show, like I won't do it. They will love Damien more than they will ever love me. And I normally get called Chick-fil-A Southern customer service whenever they like deal with me. So it's very prevalent. This is a very real thing. So if you're listening, please notate that you don't have one customer avatar. And that's important to really be able to navigate who is your customer avatar and how many you do have. We have about four to five in our company. Sounds like you guys have about the same. So it's important to know that. And then you can be able to build that social and marketing platform upon those avatars. So I have to be quiet because I've taken up a lot of the show, but 
Thank you guys so much for participating with me in this marketing segment, talking about LinkedIn and really how that brand has developed for you all. I'm going to go ahead and pass you off to Megan so you guys can talk some finances. Yeah, I love it. I kind of want to continue what you guys were just going through. Um, so I wrote down three things that I thought would be interesting to talk with you about, and I'm going to let you guys choose or vote about which ones you'd like to discuss. Um, Fred, you snuck in vision boarding. You said Christine does vision boards mm. for the business. Uh, we have been talking at Fight Club a lot about vision boarding. I did my first vision board since high school this year. Um, so we could talk about that and like how that's giving you direction. Um, the org chart. I, I want to, I thought maybe that could be good. Like when Fred said he kind of like, you know, it, it, your name's not in all the boxes anymore. And Christine, it sounds like your name's in some boxes and it sounds like even dad is still in a box or two. So we could maybe talk about how we separate duties and how we like hold each other accountable. And we know whose lane it's in. I know a lot of listeners really struggle with that. Um, or we could talk about the evolution of business. Like and 19-year-old company changes and evolves. And you guys kind of talked about that a little bit with your marketing strategy, but I'm sure that's also true with your service offering and the way you deliver your service offering and your culture and the way you engage with your team as you've grown. Um, I think you guys are fellow conquer people and Brandon Bond talks a lot about the stages of business and, and actually how the org chart evolves over the stages of business. So um, which of those kind of makes your heart sing the most? Which of those do you think we should go to? And I think you both get a vote. I know Christine's going vision board because she just did a, an employee vision board at her kickoff meeting the other day. Mm. And that was that was really awesome. So Christine. Michelle, Michelle did one of those. So if we do go there, maybe I, I maybe I earmark that one. I don't know where Michelle's headed, but um, yeah. yeah, we could go there. Uh, what what else are you guys thinking? Is that, is that what we want to do? The org chart is important too. That was a, we had to really stabilize that. That's what I was gonna say. Going. Org chart and vision board, I feel like were key over the last few years. Okay, can we talk about org chart? I just, my head's in that space right now. Um, I've been reading a book and I've been working on like a couple of different clients' org charts and I just feel like it's so fundamental and they <laughs> skip it. Um, the E-Myth was the first time I read about this idea that like, you know, we write down all the boxes and your name might be in more than one box, right? And then I, I loved this description, Fred, where he's like, you, you know, slowly you're just not in that box anymore. Michelle says you're painting yourself out of the corner. So can yeah. we talk a little bit about what the org structure looks like now and maybe how you got there and maybe even the idea of a future org structure? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So um, when I joined about five years ago, the company was much smaller and um, it's always been a family business. So it was Freddie was doing um, a little bit of sale. Well, a lot of sales, a lot of field operations. He was in the field, you know, he was cleaning a chandelier, uh, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes after we had our daughter. Um, so there weren't, you know, I think there was only like one or two other employees. Um, and then his mom was answering phone calls. She had a day job and then she was answering phone calls uh, or re responding to phone calls in the evening. Freddie's dad was in sales. But um, what, what I... Uh, recognized and my background was in uh, the legal corporate world. So um, I did not enjoy the legal, I did not enjoy the corporate world because it was missing family and caring about people and a more personal touch. And then when I joined Clearview, I was like, okay, we need a little bit of corporate structure. So I'm like trying to like merge the two and it took a few years, but we got there. So we incorporated meetings and then we incorporated like getting rid of, for example, the family group text, like everyone would like text each other. 
at like 10 p.m. Like <laughs> and I'm like, I can't sleep. Like, we can't do this, you know? So I we what we did is we took everybody who was already involved and we said, okay, you're only going to do this. You're only going to do that and so on. And that's how we were able to separate. So now we still have, you know, Fred, Freddie is currently president. And then there are four people, uh, actually three people now that report to him. It's the commercial sales manager. Um, his father is kind of aligned with Freddie and he's um, co-founder and the um, head of sales. And then we have, I'm reporting directly to Freddie, which I don't mind because he's, he's taught me everything I know about this industry. I didn't even know people clean their roofs. Like I, <laughs> I have no idea. So um, I report directly to Freddie and that's like the second line. Then beneath us, we have the field ops managers reporting to me um, and then the office team reporting to me and then residential sales reporting to me. And then beneath them are the, um, you know, the team leads and then the field crew and they they report up to field ops and then field ops comes to me. So we've created four rows. I actually have a nice document, um, which I'm happy to share with anyone, but it's, it's a nice structure now. And it also eliminated us getting phone calls from everybody in the company with every issue because we are determined to empower i'm sure everyone has heard this and other things that we've talked about but we're creating careers and not jobs that's how we're going to grow this company so we want to empower other people in our organization to make certain decisions on the company's behalf um so that's worked really well for us i love it um a couple things that i heard you say is clear lines of communication right so when i'm a technician and i have a problem i'm not going to go to the president right i'm not going to go to the person who sold the job I'm going to go to my lead technician, right? And when my lead technician has a problem, they're going to go to their field manager, right? And then the field manager is going to be a peer to a residential sales manager, right? And so they can they can discuss stuff, right? And then it protects you guys. Um, so it, I think this idea of presence is very interesting too. But for me, uh, when I stepped in as CEO like six months ago, I was like, I can't talk to every person in my company. I just don't yeah. have capacity for that. Like if I talk to every person in our company, they're going to be disappointed in me because I'm never available. Right. And I can't, and they were already solving their own problems, but this idea of like, okay, I only talked to three people, right? Those three people are the people I talk to. And then they should have no more than three people. We're a little confusing with our technicians, like that lead tech. Do you guys shuffle around? Like we're two to a truck and it's a little confusing. Like we try to keep them together. So they have a strong team unit, but that's a little tricky. Um, so I, I definitely heard how you clarified the communication because now it's clear, like, who do I talk to about this problem? Um, and then the second thing you said, which is probably the most important part, and that was the empowering part. Um, I like to say in our company, we're building leaders, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I want, I want this middle in, in, in corporate CPA world, it's a very common org chart where you've got like these middle managers, right? And they don't really know how to manage because they were promoted because they're a really good accountant. And I think that <laughs> happens in field service too, right? We promote a technician because they're fast, right? Or we promote a technician because they're good. But they have no idea how to manage a team. They have no idea like what it takes to motivate somebody or to have a hard conversation with somebody. Um, so I love that. Um, I Congratulations for doing that. That's, I think, going to be a huge shifting point for you as you grow into the next phase. So I want to take this one step further and ask, so how do you hold these people accountable? Like, so as the president, Freddie, you're not involved, it sounds like, with the, every person in your company at all. So how do you know 
who's doing a good job and who's doing a bad job. Uh, Christine, you mentioned that you guys have meetings, but do you have some sort of like dashboard? Like does a technician know what a good job looks like, you know, every day, every week? Does a sales manager know? Like, can you talk through a little bit? How do you guys, you know, hold people accountable? How do you set expectations and then make sure that those are met? We started drawing the line a lot of times too, because people would come into my office whenever the hell they felt like it. And it was like, anytime you get interrupted, it was like, it took 10 minutes to get back on track and it was kind of off, off cue. So Christine was like, I have the residential sales reps report to me and you have, you deal with the commercial <laughs> or the, the higher end stuff and that will free up some time. But in terms of developing each and every role, like I'm here every single morning, I basically live at the office and I'm here. I'm the, I'm the first person to go around and give everyone a high five or a pound every morning. Cause I think that's important. And I'll talk about how their day was or their weekend was, but that's where I draw the line at that point. If they're like, well, I need this or I need that. Nope. Nope. You're talking to the wrong person. You have to report to Danny or Trevor or, or whatever, whoever they're reporting to and really drawing the line. Christine even set it up for the, for the um, sales reps that there's an allocated time each day. So from, from three to four o'clock every day, that's when they can, that's my open time. Uh, we're trying to even mm. do a baseball theme. So she, she named it cover all bases. And that's when the commercial department <laughs> can come talk to me and, and bring their questions and whatnot. And that's the same for her, for the, the residential aspect of things. But you're right. Like the, the best employees that you want to hold on to that were the best in the field. Now we're being promoted to the operations and it's kind of a, there's a learning curve and a development. And I like to step in and, and be there to kind of develop them and show them the way. Like I'm, I used to run all the Monday morning meetings with the field crew, but last year I took a step back. I'm still sitting in on those meetings and I'll still have a voice when I want to get something across, but I want them to run it. I want to kind of afterwards, I'll tell them maybe some constructive criticism, like what, what, what different ways you can go about it and how to do things a little different. And I think just trying to help grow them and, and evolve them because we know everyone's not going to work for Clearview forever. But I want them mm -hmm. to be better people when they leave. And I think mm -hmm. it's important to look back at their time at Clearview with a positive um, outlook and realize that we, we, we cared about them. We, we, we made them better people. They developed maybe personable sales skills. Maybe they learned how to deal with the customer better. Maybe they learned different tricks of different trades. We even did OSHA 30 training last year for the whole staff to try to show them that whole it's a career and not just a job. And trying to take it one step further. So it's still they, very. They love that. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Um, my guys, <laughs> I didn't realize how much they loved it, but they're like, no, Megan, now I can say I'm OSHA certified and I can take that anywhere. And I'm like, yeah. Um, they're like, you know, you invested in me, you get, and they got a certificate and they felt so official and they got to go to class. And like, you know, to me, I was like, well, I need you to be OSHA certified. Like, we need to be a safety oriented company. But for them, they were like, yeah, look at this, look at this mm -hmm. certification I have. And I think, um, in our version of the trades, right? We don't have, we don't make as many opportunities to get certified, yeah. but your technicians love it. Like they feel like, Hey, they invested in me. Look, they, they gave me this time to go do this thing and look, I have something to show for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Um, so listeners, if you're not doing that, it's a simple one. Uh, we use expert safety systems, uh, Michael Draper's company, and he has an OSHA 10 course in there that you can use. And IWCA has a really good one also um, that you can do all sorts of different certifications. So that's awesome. Uh, what about the accountabilities? How, how do you hold your team accountable? So for um, from a field level, so this would be um, team leads and field techs, we use hourly IQ. Okay. And in hourly IQ, we deduct for lates. We deduct for not clocking in and out uh, of the day. We deduct for not clocking in and out of a job. Um, we deduct for forgotten equipment, left equipment, callbacks. We also um, 
give like add-ons or bonuses in hourly IQ for reviews. So all of their accountability is based in hourly IQ and uh, it gains them the opportunity to, you know, to get an extra one, two, three, four, five, six, seven dollars per hour based on their product productivity with the deductions and the add-ons with the reviews and the um, kind of like report card data. Um, so for the field ops guys, it's very much we're we're trending in the direction of checklists and required checklists. I saw online, I want to say it was Brandon Vaughn who posted an end of day hit list. Um, so it's like a magnet whiteboard with like the things that have to be done before they leave for the end of the day. So like our uh, our field ops guys are responsible for making sure last year or the year before there was a crazy storm. I don't, it wasn't a hurricane, but it was a crazy storm. We were doing a commercial job in North Jersey. So it was over an hour drive and um, the, everybody went to sleep that night and our crews were not done for the day. So I was in bed at 10 a.m. at 10 PM. Like nobody cares that our crews are out right now. Like the field, field ops guys were sleeping. Everyone was sleeping and I'm being called saying that the parkway is flooded and they can't find a way home. So I was trying to find them a hotel at 10 p.m. So I'm putting things on this checklist um, to hold them accountable for you don't sleep until the field techs sleep. There, there shouldn't be a situation where we have guys out at 10 p.m., you know, like mm. um, or you should know before I do. And it's escalated to me a lot sooner. So the checklist is the only way right now that we feel we can hold people accountable because it's a basic, this has to be done at the end of every day because we have to make sure it gets done. And I then aside that. from that, uh, we, we just review things with them on a weekly basis at the meeting. Yeah, I think, so we, we just onboarded with Hourly IQ at ResponseCon this year. Um, so we're still trying to find our groove there with our systems, but we have a culture of like, um, so I'm reading, Tommy Mello has a new book coming out and, uh, I'm reading like the paper version of it and it, but the, the tagline is build a business where everybody wins. Mm -hmm. And I like this idea of like my supervisors in my company, they win when their team wins. So like if hourly IQ holds my techs accountable, my lead techs and my field supervisor, like their bonus is based on the technician's bonus, right? So if the technicians aren't winning, then their supervisor's not winning. And like this idea of like, we're all on the same team, let's do this together. And when we first rolled it out, I think it was like three or four years ago, um, not using our IQ, but just using our bonus tracking system. Um, I remember I had a lead tech at the time. He's like, okay, I need every single person's address because if they do not show up to work, I'm going to go to their house and I'm going to go get them. And I was like, <laughs> yes, do that. Get it. You wow. know, <laughs> I was like, I love that. Um, so fantastic. Well, I, that was really fun. Um, I hope that our listeners enjoyed. If you don't have an org structure or if that feels weird, just, you know, think about what do you do? Like, Freddie said, you know, I, I did all these things in my company. Think about what you do. And then try and think about, like, if you were a bigger business, like, would that be somebody's whole job? And if it would be, then make that a box, right? Like, yeah. could that, like, that could be somebody's whole job to do social media management. That could be somebody's whole job to, you know, make sure mm -hmm. the checklists are filled out. That could be somebody's whole job to make sure the vans are clean or the trucks are clean. Um, and so you can kind of just build out this org structure. And then what Emis says is in the beginning, your name might be in a lot of boxes. So you might be the insurance compliance person and you might be the bookkeeper and you might be the uh, ads manager for all of the advertising, right? That's okay. Um, but just put your name in the boxes and that will help you kind of see, oh, the structure. And then 
I have some dear friends at a company called Bergflow. Mm-hmm. And Bergflow believes in the SOG model. So it's the last thing we're saying about the org structure, but that every org chart should be divided into three key areas. So service, which for us is like field service, operations, which like for us is usually office, and then growth, which could be sales and management. And so if you have a hard time like figuring out, well, I have all these boxes, how do I organize them? You just put them into the category. So is it a service category, an operations category, or a growth category? Uh, and that should help you kind of clarify as a listener um, your org structure. And Christine, we might take you up on that offer of sharing that visual uh, in the Facebook group as part of your home. Okay, we're going to pass you to Michelle, and she's going to talk to you about systems. All of those things might have been systems. I'm just saying. All of them. <laughs> Checklists, all that stuff. I'm obsessed. Oh, um, but the money I'm, part, hang on. I got to defend myself for just a second. Yeah. The money part <laughs> that I'm realizing and why I keep going down this org structure thing is like, if a company says a goal of a million or if a company sets a goal of 10 million, the, the president and the CEO are actually not able to achieve that goal. It's not them. It's got to be able to push all the way down. And the technician needs to know like every single day, this is what I need to do so that the company can win. So the company can hit their goal. And so the clearer the org structure, the clearer the deliverables, the easier it is to just crush our goals every year. So I'm sorry, Michelle. I want to quickly add something to that. I'll take like two seconds. Go for it. Go for it. I love it. Two seconds. I do a presentation to the entire company because they don't understand, like as you go down the org chart, they don't understand why it takes everybody to hit that one or $2 million mark or whatever mark you're trying to hit. So I actually do a PL presentation, no numbers, just percentages. So you could even base it on a $1,000 ticket. But I do this presentation three times a year, beginning, middle, and end to make sure everyone understands that based off of a $1,000 ticket, this is what you guys get. This is what supplies and materials are. This is what insurance is. This is what the company retains. This is the vehicles. I want everybody to see that the CEO and the president are not making $2 million and you guys are getting mm-hmm. this small portion. And I think that's very important for people to understand. We actually let our team set our salaries this year. Wow. wow. Our leadership team. Like we went to them because Jeff, so we, I haven't said this publicly, but Technically, Jeff retired in September. And so Jeff is not like you, Freddie. He's not there every morning. He's not high-fiving. He's like, (laughs) and so I went to my leadership team and I was like, so does he get paid on profitability now or do we keep his salary? And then I was like, and if we keep his salary, like how, how much do we pay him? And then I was like, and while we're talking about it, how much do we pay me? And they loved it. Like they thought that was so cool. And then I did, I was like, after they did ours, I was like, okay, so now how much do you want to make? Mm -hmm. And it's like a blank check as far as I'm concerned, you know, like, okay, so for you to make that much, let's work backwards. How much does a company have to make using your percentages, Christine? So it was so fun because I was like, no, you guys choose how much you want. This is a career. Like how much do you want to take home? Uh Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'm obsessed with that. I need to do that. That is super fun. That is Mm -hmm. super fun. Okay. Christine, you're mine for just a few minutes. Um, Like you and I have the same nerdy systems brain. I'm obsessed with the checklist. I'm constantly re-drilling down on anything checklisty in my company. Tell me how you started, right, with your company and how you brought that sort of legal and, you know, white collar. How did you bring some of those things with you um, to, to, to look at systemization for a home service business? And then I want to really talk specifically about the communication. I loved this whole 
family chat that was happening. How did you fix that communication tool as part of your uh, whipping everybody into shape mm -hmm. mode, which I feel like that's maybe what happened. <laughs> I'm so scared for this conversation. <laughs> Michelle it. hates it when I text her. She hates it. She's like, it was challenging. Um, <laughs> I got yelled at on numerous occasions. Why did you send that text to the family? You know, perfect. <laughs> it still happens like um uh, like we have a system for like incoming checks and and marking them in jobber and things like that but like freddie will like go behind his back so i don't know and secretly text his mom pictures of each check that came in and i'm like why are you texting her i want her to check jobber <laughs> yes so um so there are a few things that i have to let slide but um, all in all, everything worked. So my first task with Clearview, I was still at my corporate job and Freddie gave me a list of about eight um, CRMs. And he was like, I have this list and I have no idea because they were using paper. Okay. So wow. Yeah, paper invoices, there was paper everywhere, paper in trucks, wow. paper, just there's lots of paper. <laughs> and what I did in the legal department at my um, corporate job is uh, there was also a lot of paper. So I had developed this global database so that all the lawyers can like put stuff, not in paper, but in this global database that can be shared. So I tried to bring that to Clearview. So Beautiful. I did demos and we ended up going with Jobber because I felt I did demos with all of them and I felt like Jobber was the most user-friendly based on what I had experienced. So we ended up going with Jobber. So as I transitioned out of corporate and joining Freddie, the goal was to set up Jobber and separate the family group chat. So mm. like, I, it, I, it was hard when everyone would work on something, everyone would work on the same task. So yeah. basically someone would send a, a text and say, um, we forgot to clean all of the upstairs windows and we left a ladder and everyone would start calling the field techs and everyone would start working. And I'm like, we were yep. all wasting our time because I would flip out if I was doing something and I found out someone else was doing it. I was like, I just wasted an hour. So yeah. uh, it was challenging, but I basically said we are no longer Oh, and everybody at his company was using his email address. So everyone oh, was Fred Hodge at CraveyWashing.com. So I called IT, oh I got everyone their own email addresses, and I said, we are not allowed to text about work anymore. You send an email. Because a text message is very like, I got a text, I have to read it. And that's frustrating at night. So yeah. if you send an email, I'm not looking at your email until I wake up the next day. That's just how I yep. am. So I was able to set boundaries for myself, and it kind of like trickled out to everybody. Um, so that's been a huge success. And we kind of do that with everybody in the company. You, you, I don't want a text message unless it's an emergency. I don't mm. want a phone call if it's an emergency. I get calls from the sales reps with questions that are not emergencies. And I say, oh, thanks for calling. That's great. Uh, can you email that to me? I'll get back to you tomorrow. Because wow. we say all the time, your, uh, Freddie, what is it? Your problem is not my priority yeah yeah so like if you have yep. if it's not if it's not listen customers like if if we need something done now we get it done now but like sure. a lot of things are not an emergency and in the home service industry and in a small business in a family business with couples working with everybody working mm -hmm. together everything seems like an emergency like a callback <laughs> seems like an emergency but it's not an emergency we yeah. can get back to the customer tomorrow like it's 
It's not that urgent, you know? So I, I really prioritized and I know I looked like a nut for a few years, but like, let's all just like chill out. Like it's not, nothing's a problem. Let's just get, Ah, you know, you're speaking my language, girl. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Love it. Okay. And then one last question. If you're done there, you done there. Okay, beautiful. I uh, can talk about question. this for days, so <laughs> you'll have to cut me off. <laughs> I love it. One last question is, I did a, uh, Megan mentioned it earlier, I did a vision boarding with my leadership team this year in January as part of our annual sort of kickoff meeting. And in uh, honor of Martha, who's not here, but she is after all, a millennial. Um, <laughs> Martha, who's not here, but would be wearing this shirt if she was here. Wait, and um, you have to turn around real quick. Oh, you got, okay. you can't, yeah, you got, <laughs> sorry. Um, like, it's only so good as the back. I'm a millennial. Yep. Y'all are ridiculous. Poor Just Michelle. Just like Tay. Oh, yeah. Just like Tay. <laughs> like um, Megan, Martha would absolutely ask about vision boarding. Tell us how you set it up, who you invited in your org chart. Was it everybody? Was it certain people? And what kind of feedback did you get from doing that exercise with your team? Sure. Um, So I'm a strong believer in new beginnings. I think that you need them. So every opportunity, a birthday for me is a new beginning. Um, New Year's Eve is like huge. Like now that me and Freddie aren't partying at midnight, we're like in bed, (laughs) like falling asleep. And I like pull out my phone and I'm like, so Freddie, what are your New Year's resolutions? And I like put them in my notepad. So I've always been a dreamer and a visionary. And I believe that that's how you make things come true um, with a lot of hard work. So what we did with our company, Freddie and I, in the beginning of the year, created a company vision board for ourselves. What do we want to achieve? What do we personally want to achieve uh, based off of what the company achieves? You know, there are some personal goals we have. I enjoy talking to other people. I'm shy by nature, but I really am so passionate about this that I love talking to other people about it. So I want to be like, a keynote, or I want to like do more speaking engagements that went on my vision board. Freddie's like killing it at coaching. Like he's so good and he's so passionate too. So a lot of those opportunities came up. So what can we pass off? You know, the hats we can pass off to the people we're promoting so that we can do things that we, we love and we're passionate about. So that's step one. Step two is at our kickoff meeting. I, it's a majority of men, right? In the Mm -hmm. organization. So I have always started off with something very mushy and Freddie thinks it's so cheesy when I run it by him. But like, I love it. Here, like at our kickoff, I started off with, Hey guys, welcome back to 2022. It's going to be a great year, whatever, whatever. This is how we're starting. What was the best moment of your life? And we went around the room and everybody, one guy, we didn't even know had kids and he like got choked up and he was telling us about the birth of his first son. And oh. like, so you're bringing out this level of emotion amongst all of these men. Mm -hmm. And it, there's something that generates just a natural human love for each other. Yeah. I do it at the kickoff in March. I do it at Clearview day in August. I started off with in August. What is, we had a beach party. Everyone was at the beach and everyone stood up and said, I said, give me one. Cause I'm also trying to build their self-esteem. So give me one of your best traits or attributes. How does it contribute to what you do at Clearview? And then tell me what the best trait is in someone you work with. We had everyone like wanting to stand up and like complimenting each other. Yeah, I know. I love it. It's like. I thought it was so corny when she told me she was going to do that. (laughs) 
And it was like one of the proudest moments as a business owner, like after everyone went around yeah. and they had their family members there and everything. And after like 30 people went and we, we were driving home, I'm like, Christine, that was amazing. Like, like uh, just hearing everyone's like, like bringing up what they're like, their strong suit and then complimenting yeah. every other person. It was just such a proud moment. Like It's beautiful. It that's a, that's amazing. a beautiful moment. I love it. <laughs> so we started off this meeting, which was on Friday with, um, I gave everyone post-its of like different colors and then just a whiteboard, like an old whiteboard. And I said, write down three goals that you have for yourself. It's everyone on the org chart. Write down three goals that you have for yourself, one on each post-it in permanent marker that you'd like to achieve over the next five years. And then I, they called them up to the front of the shop and they like held up their post-it. They talked about their goal or vision and they put it on the whiteboard. Again, I got choked up because it's like, we had one guy who was like, I will never stop dreaming. I will always be a dreamer. He's a field tech. He's not even a team lead yet. Oh. He's like, I will always be a dreamer. One day I am going to be able to be uh, financially stable. And he like slapped it on the board. Oh. One day I am going to find freedom. <laughs> you guys don't understand what this freedom is, but I know in my heart, I'm going to be free. So we don't know what he's going through, but yeah. he told us right there, he's going through something and he yeah. slapped it on the board. And everyone's uh, like cheering for each other. One guy said he wants to be married in the next five years. Someone wants to buy a house. So like me and Freddie left and I'm like, yes, I want Clearview to be successful, but I want it to be successful and continue to grow because I want to keep promoting these guys to team leads. Like yeah. I want 50 trucks now so we can have yeah. 50 team leads so these guys can <laughs> buy houses, you know? I so, love it. Uh, I think it's important to include everybody on the vision board. We hung it up um, at the shop and it was just a heartwarming moment for all of us. I'm dying. Yeah, I'm Michelle dying. and Tay were both so dying good. through that like, whole thing. I'm dying. <laughs> for the listeners so who can't see us, there are lots of tears on the screen happening. <laughs> yeah. That's 100% going to be my homework. Okay, speaking of which, I'm going to pass you back to Tay and we're going to do some homework. Thank you, Christina. Like, Christine, that was beautiful. Honestly, beautiful. <laughs> oh, man, that was wonderful. So, what we're going to do right now, you guys, is we are going to assign some homework. This is where our show does differ from other podcasts and we do want to hold our listeners accountable to what they listened to today and what you guys shared in your experiences throughout working at Clearview. So what we'll do is we'll go around individually. We'll kind of save you guys for the end. You both can give homework. We are absolutely open to that. So listeners, if you are listening right now and you've made it this far, you're about to get four to five pieces of homework and that is too much to do in one week. We ask that you please only choose one piece of homework to make sure that you can effectively get that homework done in an efficient manner. And then from there, if you wanted to add another one, you can feel free to. But for right now, please make sure to only choose one. So marketing homework is going to be, we talked a lot about LinkedIn. And I know Michelle and Fred are about to throw their arms in the air for my homework. But I want to make sure that you do have a company page, number one as well as a personal LinkedIn page. So we're just gonna keep it simple. Keep it right there, that's it. That's all I'm gonna have you do for right now. I will drop some links in the private group as to ways to build those pages out and ways to start to transform those pages from nothing into what you want them to look like for your company and yourself. But just creating them right now is just the homework. Love that, I love it. Um, and as Tay said, you can't do all this homework. So there's going to be five, maybe six. There's going to be a lot of good homework options out there. 
only do one. Start with one. If you get one done and you want to go mm-hmm. to your second one, that's fine. But if you did one piece of homework every single week that you listen to the show, which we hope you listen to every week, uh, you'll actually move the needle forward. And you'll actually, like, I say we're investing in you by sharing this knowledge. We want you to invest in your team by implementing the knowledge. So one piece of homework, uh, Taze, was to have a presence on LinkedIn. I love that. Um, your finance homework this week is not going to feel very financy, but there's a method to my madness. Uh, make an org chart. It could be simple. It could be on a piece of paper. Uh, for likes accounting, we have been trying to organize our org chart for like three months, but it it helps every iteration. Every time we do a new draft, like it helps. Who should solve that problem? Who should we go to with that problem? Who should be in charge of that? What What is the thing they should be in charge of? So uh, finance homework this week, make a draft of your org chart. Ooh. And your systems homework this week is to look into vision boarding. If you're listening and this doesn't feel like you and it feels too squishy and mushy, just look at the systems post that I just posted in the Facebook group. It's a great place to start. So I would say implement that in at least one meeting this year and watch it awesomely uh, grow your team and connect with your people more. So that's your What I loved about Christine was she said, like, just post-it notes. So, like, if you're a guy listening to this and you're like, oh, I don't want to do magazines or, like, crafts or, like. Post-it notes, perfect. Post-it notes. (laughs) Perfect. <laughs> Freddie, do you have any homework assignments? I think that's <laughs> one of those corny questions. Like uh, to me, like I'm blown away at the response and I feel so good as ownership and it helps the overall culture. So you might deem it as like, I'm not going to do that with my guys or I only have three employees or five employees. Do it. Just do it and evolve it as it goes on because you'll thank yourself later. And I think that was something that Christine had to nudge me. And she didn't even tell me about this vision board with the post-it notes. She didn't even tell me ahead of time. She just was like, all right, guys, I'm passing out these these, uh, post-its and here's permanent markers. I'm like, what the heck is going on right now? But again, I was blown away. So (laughs) step out of your comfort zone because in order to get places you've never been before, you got to do things you've never done. So So true. We touched on it a little, but... I I would pick any of the homework assignments that everyone just talked about. Um, But if I had to come up with something else, it would be that sometimes in small business and in the home service industry, you're so sucked into the day to day and the actual pressure washing and the actual like field stuff. But I think uh, it's important to take a step back and uh, look at the big picture and think to yourself, how can I build up everybody else here so that they can handle that stuff? Um, because I think it's important to empower people and, and make an impact on those around you. Um, and I think that everyone will overall be really happy with that. <laughs> oh, it's a great one. I love it. You guys are awesome. This was like such so good. a full hour to spend with you guys. We appreciate the time that you spent with us. And I know listeners might want to get into touch with, you know, either one of you. So what would be the best way for them to get into contact with you? I'm assuming texting isn't the best option. So (laughs) (laughs) message me on LinkedIn. There we go. (laughs) LinkedIn. Yay. We're available on LinkedIn on our personal page and our company page, Clearview Washing LLC. We also have personal uh, and company page on uh, Facebook. And then on Instagram, we are at Clearview Washing or at the process CEO. Um, and, and we hope to be able to connect with everyone. And in turn, we want to support everyone's business. Awesome. And I did, we did, I did go ahead and drop that earlier. So here is Clearview's LinkedIn page and you can be easily able to access Fred and Christine through their personal pages through the business. 
So Michelle, what quote do we got today? We oh, got we got a good one. We got a good one waiting in the wings and it just kind of encapsulates everything we talked about today. And it is from anonymous. So it's from nobody, but I like it anyway. Do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I heard a lot of love from the two of you today. And I'm so grateful that you shared that with our listeners today. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Everybody have a great, great day out there. Yes. Have a great day. And we'll see you next Tuesday here at 10 a.m. Eastern, um, 7 a.m. Pacific. Right, Megan? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. All right. Have a great day, guys. Bye, everyone. See you guys later. Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.